Angela Yee and Charlemagne the God. The, the Breakfast Club, bitches. <laughs> the voice of the culture. People watch The Breakfast Club for, like, news and really be tuned in. This is one of my favorite shows to do. Just because y'all always keep it 100, y'all keep it real. They might not watch the news, but they're on Twitter. They're on Facebook. They're, you know, they're listening to The Breakfast, the Breakfast Club. Get your ass up. Yo 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 Good morning, Angela Yee. Good morning, DJ Envy. Charlemagne the God. Peace to the planet. It's Monday. That must mean my coworkers ain't here yet. I know Angela Yee's still on vacation. Charlemagne will be here in a second. Well, happy Monday to you and yours. I'm sure Charlemagne will be here in a minute. Hopefully, you had a great weekend, short weekend. Seems like the weekends are just running by so fast. Now, shout to um, Michael Blackson and Martin Lawrence. Give them a round of applause. Drop a bomb for them. Friday, they were performing at the Barclays Center. Michael Blackson killed it. I thought Martin Lawrence was going to actually do a whole comedy set, but he's not really doing, I guess, a set. He's just kind of like hosting, which is kind of, I didn't know that. I, I, would, I don't know if I'd have made that truck out to Brooklyn and see him. I thought he was actually going to do a set, but he didn't really do a set. It was kind of like hosting. He was just bringing... Comedians in and out. So I was kind of disappointed a little bit. I wanted to see a Martin set, but it was still a great show, funny as hell. So shout to uh, Michael Blackson for hooking us up with some tickets. And also shout to Michael Bivens from BVD. Over the weekend, he had his baby shower. So I attended his baby shower, which was pretty good. Shout to the whole Bivens family and uh, Tisha's family. I had a great time. And this is baby number four for them, right? Yeah, four for them. So congratulations and shout out to Michael Bivens. And thank you for inviting me. Me and my wife had a great time. And then finally... Last night, shout to our very own DJ Pro Style. He works at Power 1051. He had a surprise birthday party. I think this is like party number 23 for him. So uh, we celebrated his birthday. So that was a busy, 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 busy weekend. And of course, my daughter's learning how to drive. So she pretty much drove me all over the place all weekend, which is always heart wrenching, always difficult. She still hasn't really mastered the merge thing yet where you, you kind of slow down, but you speed up just to get on the highway. She kind of just stops, and then the people behind us start just beeping, but you don't want to put pressure on her, so you don't say anything, but you really want to be like, push the gas, go, let's go. Yeah, yeah, crazy weekend. Crazy weekend. But anyway, Kamala Harris will be joining us. Kamala Harris will be joining us this morning. Hopefully, she will be the next president. African-American woman, graduated from Howard University, is doing great things in politics, and we'll talk with her in a little bit. And, of course, we got front-page news coming up. Uh, so many people passed away over the weekend. Avicii, he passed. Vern Troyer, Mini-Me, he passed. We'll tell you about all that and more, so keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Let's get in some front-page news. NBA scores yesterday. Milwaukee Bucks beat the Celtics 104-102. They tied a series 2-2. Great game. The Spurs beat the Golden State Warriors 103-90. Wizards beat the Raptors 106-98. And the Cavaliers beat the Pacers 104-100. Now we got to send a rest in peace to EDM DJ Avicii. Now he passed over the weekend. They're not sure exactly why, but they're saying there's no criminal suspicion in the death they believe he might have had a, a drinking problem early on, and maybe that was due to it. He was only 28 years old, so rest in peace to Avicii. Also, mini-me, Vern Troyer. Now, he passed away. He was, of course, in Austin Powers. He died at the age of 49. He was uh, one of the shortest men in the world. Yeah, he has passed away. They don't know why. They're still doing an autopsy on him. They said recently he was drunk and saying suicidal. He was treated for possible alcohol poisoning. He struggled with alcoholism for years. So, ah, rest in peace to him. Now, did you hear what happened in Waffle House? Now, this is crazy. Now, they're saying a gunman, crazy gunman, he ran up in Waffle House with an AR-15 and started shooting. They said, um, just started shooting anybody. They, they believe, I think he was naked under his jacket, right? Was he naked under his jacket? And just started shooting people. His gun jammed. And then one of the people that were eating at Waffle House was hiding behind the door and tackled him and uh, tackled the gun out of his hand. Now, the, I guess call him the hero. He is a hero. His name is James Shaw. He spoke about it after. I'm not a hero. I'm just a regular person. Um, and I think um, anybody could have did um, what I did if they're just pushed, to, pushed in that, that kind of cage. And you have to either react or you have to, or you're going to 
you know, fold. And I chose to react because I didn't see any other way of me living. Now, the young man that did the shooting had uh, priors before he was actually arrested at the White House. And uh, the police took his guns away. And when the police took the guns away, he gave it, they gave it to his father and said, do not give this young man the guns again. And the father, I guess, allegedly did. And that's how he had that AR-15 and shot up that Waffle House. You talking about this uh, seemingly seemingly proud member of Vanilla ISIS? Mm-hmm. This terrorist? Now, his father, I believe, if his father gave him those guns or he was able to get those guns from his father, should be charged. This The, the first time they, they took the guns from the dad and said, do not give this young man the guns anymore. Do not give the guns to the kid. He got the guns again. The father should be charged with this one. All I know is this is a proud member of Vanilla ISIS. He's a terrorist. That's what he should be called. Uh, and I do agree with you. If they took his guns from him, like, you don't just give you don't just give no. a kid guns back. It's not a PlayStation. No. It's not an Xbox. <laughs> and it, he had mental problems, as you can see. He thought Taylor Swift was stalking him. And like I said, he popped it at the White House. Like, he's had problems before, and there's no way he should be have, He should have had those guns. Now, how do we know Taylor Swift wasn't actually stalking You better him? stop have it. Have you confirmed that Taylor Swift was not stalking I this young man? I have not confirmed. I that. mean, Taylor Swift, I don't know. Her shows aren't really selling out nowadays. We don't know if she got idle time on her hands, and idle time is the devil's playground. And also, lastly, Southwest, if you're flying Southwest, give yourself extra time. Definitely call the airport because they say expect delays because of that engine that blew up last week. They're doing inspections on all their planes right now, so they're having a lot of delays and a lot of cancellations. So if you fly Southwest, definitely call the airport and see if your flight you, you is still kiss on. my ass. You couldn't get me on that bus in the sky right now. Especially after seeing what I saw last week. Not a person with my type of anxiety. Okay? I saw an engine blow up and it said, a woman almost gets sucked out of the plane. I'm going to ride on you this week? Nope. Do we drop a clues bomb for uh, James Shaw Jr., though? Yeah, we do. Okay, drop on a clues bomb for James Shaw Jr. Absolutely. That hero. All right. Okay, took down a member of Vanilla Ice single-handedly. And also over the weekend, uh, Adrian Broner fought. He He fought Vargas. Uh, It was a draw. It was a draw. I, I agree with that decision. First of all, that was a great card. Drop on the clues bombs for Showtime Boxing. That whole card was great. It was great. a great card. Uh, Javante Davis, he put in work. He did. Uh, then uh, um, uh, Charlo put in work. Mm-hmm. And um, I just feel like Broner wasn't active, active enough. He wasn't letting his hands go. Man. I don't know if I don't know if I gave it a draw though. No, nah, it was a draw. I think Vargas got that one. Nah, 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 mm-hmm. nah, 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 nah. Bruno almost killed Vargas in the tenth round. In the tenth round, nah. but the first seven, Vargas was was. He seemed like he wasn't doing anything. He was. It didn't seem like he was fighting. Not the first seven. Yeah, I mean, Broner wasn't throwing. It, he wasn't letting his hands go. He wasn't active enough. He'd have been more active. He'd have won that fight easily. But I think a draw was the right decision. Mm-hmm. Plus, a draw keeps Adrian Broner alive. Alive, it does. No, it definitely does. Okay. And say what you want, Adrian Broner is necessary for the sport of boxing. He is. If anything, just for entertainment value. Oh, my goodness. All right. Well, that's front page news. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you're upset, you need to vent. Hit us up right now. Maybe you had a bad night, bad morning, or maybe you had a great weekend and you want to spread some positivity. Either or. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. And Kamala Harris will be joining us Senator next hour. Kamala Harris, hopefully our next president, our president one day. That's right. So, keep it locked. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Pick up the mother, mother phone and die. This is your time to get it off your chest. Whether you're mad or blessed. Say it with your chest. We want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. So you better have the same energy. Yeah. Hello, who's this? Um, this is Brittany, Miss Bus Driver Lady. Hey, Brittany, the Hi. Bus Driver Lady. Good morning. How are y'all doing today? We're doing great um, and blessed. Get it off your chest, mama. I just feel like if you're somebody's friend, you're going to keep it all the way. Keep it a buck. Mm-hmm. There is no reason why your friend is not my friend. Know my business. And again, that's because that's your friend, not my friend. And I was never pressed to be her friend. However, at the end of the day, I was born by myself. I'm going to die by myself. I'm going to keep sending it out, get up at 4 o'clock in the morning and do what I do. If you have anything to say about me, you know, say it to me, not about me. But, you know, people be ill. What are you mad about, See, First of all, she's been holding this in all weekend. You might as well say some names. Yeah. I don't know no, why you geez. subtweeting. Why you subtweeting oh, people? Oh, no. And, oh, she know who she is. Say her I name. Yeah, say her name. We don't know. We don't know what's going on. It ain't y'all business. It's just no shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just using y'all radio station. She know who she is, Thank though. you, mama. Jeez. All right, baby. Hello, who's this? It's Taylor Arndt. How are you guys doing today? Good morning, Mama. Get it off your chest. All right. Well, I just want to tell you, I had an amazing freaking weekend this weekend, and I worked third shift, and I just got off work, and I listen to you guys all the time coming home. So I just want to say thank you for keeping my mornings alive on my way home from work, and that's all. Why was your weekend so amazing? You got some... Uh, I tried, but I'm a female, and we have to go through our girly cycle, so now nah, I didn't get no... 
but I wanted it. Baby, listen, a period don't stop nothing but a sentence. You My hear me? Goodness. <laughs> It does stop a lot of things, especially when your boyfriend's a germaphobe. Oh, okay, I got you. Okay. Well, tell him grow you, tell him I tell him Charlemagne said grow up. Uh, I could not tell him Charlemagne grow up. He'd be like, Who the f Charlemagne? Why are you cheating on me? No. <laughs> <laughs> well just be patient. You got five more days. Hello, who's this? She could have been at the end of her like. Hey, it's Tip from hey. Miami. Hey Tip from Miami, get it off your chest. Hey, um, well, I had a pretty screwed up night. I'm going to try not to curse, but it's been a really long night, and um, I've been waiting for roadside assistance to come and hook me up. My oh, car boy. last three hours. What kind of car? It's, it's, a, it's a hoopy. I ain't even on front. Oh, oh, it's a Southwest plane? Oh, it's true. That's what we, <laughs> true, true. It ain't no Southwest plane. How long you been waiting, Mama? I've been waiting for three hours. Oh, damn. And then it's nighttime. They usually start working again at about 6 a.m., 7, so they should be there shortly. Oh, I didn't know that they take they take breaks. Well, they say it's three hours, but they usually, you know what I mean, they, they usually close until 6 o'clock, and then they open back up at 6, and so that's why they usually pick you up. That sucks. Exactly. Why so, you ain't call Uber? I don't feel like calling Uber because I'm like a couple of minutes away from my house, and I just want my car to be able to get home. So you'd rather to sit, you, you're a couple minutes away from your house, but you rather sit in the car for three hours instead of calling Uber, going home, and then going to pick the car up later on? Uh, yeah, because... Lord have yeah. mercy. Maybe she ain't got it. How about that? Y'all got y'all priorities all screwed up. Yeah, it's, it's all good, but it's going to be all right. So all right. I appreciate y'all for letting me get off my chest. I love you guys. I listen to you all the time. Thank so you. Angela. Keep, Angela, you're on vacation. She's been on vacation for a minute. Damn. That's what I said. Well, thank you, Mama. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you're upset, you need to vent, hit us up now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Wake up, wake up. Wake your ass. This is your time to get it off your chest. Whether you're mad or blessed, we want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? It's Mike Will. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Mike Will, what's Mike up? Mike Will didn't make it. What's happening? Get it off your chest. <laughs> yeah, I ain't got my work. But I was just want to tell you about the score on Instagram. It put a post of Solange for a Time magazine, I believe. And I posted that she's ugly as <laughs> She needs to throw the whole magazine away. And the whole beehive came for me. Well, first well, of all, you out of line. Solange? Yeah, because Solange is far from cosmetically challenged. <laughs> Yo, She's ugly. I just want to know. Are you like, a troll? I can't even talk to you no more. Mike Will man. didn't make can't. it. Shut I up. I can't talk to him. That's your name. Mike Will didn't make it. Hello, who's this? Jay Howard from West Virginia, baby. What's up, bro? Get it off your chest. What's good, Envy? What's up with what's you? Good, Solomon. Peace. What's Envy? happening? Hey, what's good, boo? What's up? Hey. Drop a bomb for me for coming through the back door. Who's back door? What, did you, you did some anal this weekend? Hey, I finally made it on the breakfast club. Oh. Oh, I thought you meant somebody like uh, gave, you, gave, you, gave you some penis this weekend. Nah, 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 nah. Not at all. <laughs> all right. Well, I'm mad because I work overnight, and it's hard to hear y'all live in the morning. So I always listen to the podcast. But my Wi-Fi at work be bugging. So it's like as soon as I start work, I get my headphones on. All of a sudden, you done, uh, you done did the yo, 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 And all of a sudden, the joint start all over again. Well, I ain't going to lie, man. You know, that's why I be late on purpose. Why? Because people be missing the yo-yo-yo, so I'm like, you know what? I'd rather not get it. shut up. Yeah, that's way you Hello, who's this? Hey, DJ Envy, what's up, man? What's up with y'all boys? Charlamagne, uh, Angela, you at? She's back? Nope. Not yet. Tomorrow. Oh, man, you see, man, I had a great weekend this weekend. I went to the, I don't know if you guys know who Primerica is, the African-American leadership. There's a hundred, there's a lot of African-American people out there making money, helping other African-Americans, man. I just want to give a big shout-out to you guys. You guys are big leaders of the community. I also want to give a shout out to, real quick, my website, mycareersolutions.info. Check it out. Anybody who's looking for work, lock on that website. We help out everybody. It doesn't really matter, man. We try to find people jobs. That's it, man. Charlemagne, the guy, DJ Envy, y'all boys, keep doing your thing, man. May God continue to bless your family, your daughters, your kids, everybody, man. All right? Hey, love, my brother. Thank you. All right. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. Shout out and happy birthday to Emery from Rock Nation. Today's Emery's birthday. Hey, salute so to, to my Emery. dude, Emery. I actually got on uh, the new paper plane hat right now. Drop one of Clues mm-hmm. Bombs for my guy, Emery Vegas Jones. It's my guy. Yeah, so shout out to Emery. Happy birthday. All right, when we come back, we got your rumors. We'll tell you about J. Cole's KOD albums. It breaks some records. And also, Tiffany Haddish. She's in the news this weekend. Keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. It's about time. What's going on? Rumor Report. Rumor Report. This is the Rumor Report. Talk to him. With Angela Yee on The Breakfast Club.
Now, uh, congratulations to J. Cole. It looks like KOD, that single, breaks Spotify's opening day record. Now, KOD racked up 4.2 million streams in its first day, surpassing the previous person, which was Taylor Swift. I'm not mad at KOD. Uh, I, I didn't really like uh, For Your Eyes Only, his last project, but KOD's dope. Uh, it's, it's TED Talk music. I actually wrote in the work today listening to it. I really like the record Window Pane mm-hmm. and Friends, Tough Tunes. Okay, well, congratulations to J. Cole. Well, Tiffany Haddish, it seems like she was on a trip with her girlfriends. As she got to LAX, she was loading up her bags into an SUV, and then TMZ came after to ask questions. Well, Tiffany didn't like that. She said, you see me packing all these bags. How come y'all didn't help? And we actually have audio. I fly into L.A. TMZ standing there. We got umpteen thousand bags. The man standing up on the pillar watching me and my girls load this SUV up all by ourselves. He stood there and watched us do it. As soon as we finish, he going to come over and be like, can I ask you some questions? If you don't get the f*** out of my face trying to ask some goddamn questions, you could have been helping us. I would have stood there and talked to your ass for 30, 45 minutes. I would have told you I would have told you who the f*** been behind for Drop on the clues bombs for Queen Tiffany Haddish. I ain't mad at her. You see me holding all these bags, I'm a female, I'm by myself. You can't help me put one bag in the car? I mean, common sense would tell uh, the TMZ guy, if you're trying to get some questions, you're trying to get some video, the least you can do is help with a bag or two. Be nice. Yeah. That could have been the story. I don't know if you was by yourself or not. If if it was two of Mm y'all, then one of y'all could have been helping with the bags, the other one could have been recording. That could have been the story. Well, the TMZ photographer said that's not his job, and he was there to uh, film. So, well, then it's not my job to talk to your cameras. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's your job to get me to try to talk to your cameras. But in order to get me to try to talk to your cameras, how about do something nice for me? That's just common goddamn sense. Mm-hmm. And lastly, guess who's trying to get into the weed business? Lamar Odom. Lamar Odom, yes, he's talking about investing into a bunch of brands of uh, marijuana products called Rich Soil. He believes he can help people with their ailments, like it's helped him. I don't have a problem with that. Now, mm-hmm. if you say Lamar Odom is selling crack now, then I'd be like, you know what? That's, a, that's, a very, that's very contradictory. Crack. It's very hypocritical. Crack is when you used to smoke crack. It, it, so you used to smoke crack, you can't sell it. But no. it's weed. Weed is legal right. in weed most places, legal. in a lot of places. He says his goal is to get people healthy high. He's saying, I want, I want people to do better. If I can get them high, I can get them better. Huh? That don't sound right coming from an ex-crackhead. Uh, that, that part didn't sound right. All right. Actually, I'm sure that's not what he said. Yes, it is. He, oh, we have audio. If I get them high... And get them better? Why not? How, how long? I'm healthy high. It's all <laughs> organically tested and everything. Have you been like... I just a- started smoking a little bit more since I woke up out of the coma. Has it helped? I think so. Really? I'm talking to you. Totally. Do you, do you think the weight I is... I can walk, I can talk. Hopefully I can play again one day. And that's uh-huh. his next goal. He wants to play again. What do you mean, like in the big three or something, right? Not I think he NBA. wants to try overseas first and see oh. if he can play some ball. How old is Lamar Odom now? Mm, he got to be, gotta be between, I would say, 38 and 40. Somewhere in that that range. Okay. All right, and that is your rumor report. Now, when we come back, Kamala Harris will be joining us. Senator Kamala Harris. Of course, she went to Howard University. She's uh, she could be our next president. I want this woman to be president one day. All right, and we'll kick it with her when we come back. So don't move. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We have a special guest in the building. Yes. She went to the other HU. <laughs> I know the, you. Hampton. She went to the other HU, <laughs> the fake HU, but we let it slide this morning. Uh-huh. Kamala Harris. Yes, US, U.S. Senator of California. That's and I right. feel the next president of the United States of America if Throw she chooses to run. Miss Kamala, Kamala Harris. Kamala Harris. Good Welcome morning. to the show. Good, Good morning. morning. I am so happy and honored to be here. Now you join gonna dis- you. You gonna listen, let him diss Howard like that? Absolutely not. So uh, who beat UNLV? Hampton <laughs> or Howard? It was Howard. Thank you. <laughs> who has the best homecoming in the world every year? Hampton. Howard. Hampton. Who produced Thurgood Marshall? Howard. Howard. Right. <laughs> yeah, you, you got a couple of outright Who, who produced the Black Panther? We we did the you know we, we did the costumes you know the, the, you know we did the costumes uh-huh. for, for I'll Black Panther. I share the love with you. I'm gonna share the love. With you. Uh-huh. <laughs> See, I didn't go to college, but if I was you, I would have said, "Well, who was stealing from the financial aid department?" <laughs> oh yeah, you're right. Well, who was stealing from the financial aid department? So she can hit us back with, "Well, y'all got bad food over here." Let's just let things slide. Well, welcome. Yes, Thank welcome, you. Senator Harris. Now, for those who may not know, let us know a little uh, about yourself. You're from the Bay Area, right? I'm, I was born in Oakland. Okay. Um, and I went to Howard. Mm-hmm. I 
I went out of uh, Howard to law school in California. I started my career in the DA's office in Oakland, California. Mm -hmm. And um, then I was elected the first black woman to be elected a district attorney in the state of California, San Francisco. I was there for two terms. And then I was elected attorney general of California, making me the first woman. And the first African American ever elected as an attorney general. And what wow. was she Jamaican too? Yeah, man. Well, go on, <laughs> Black Grand. <laughs> <laughs> so, did you grow up in the era of the Black Panthers? Yes. Did, uh-huh. they, did they have any influence on you? Or? Oh, absolutely. I mean, my parents. Look, my sister and I joke. We grew up surrounded by a bunch of adults who spent full time marching and shouting. Wow. For justice, right? So they, my parents actually met when they were active in the civil rights movement. My godmother, my aunt Mary was one of the founders of the Black Studies Department at San Francisco State, which was the first Black Studies Department in the country. Mm-hmm. So they were active, and they were vocal. And, um, Jamaican and, it, and civil rights activists? I'm surprised you got an inside voice. Yeah, well, I you know. know. <laughs> I, I, Howard trains you to do things okay. like that. <laughs> but what got you into politics? Because you did go to Howard. That's a party school, yeah. so we figured you would... <laughs> y'all not going to be petty all in right, now. I'm not, I'm not. Stop. But really, what got you into politics? What made you want to say, this is the route I want to go? You know, I grew up in a community of folks, like I said, who are marching and shouting. And I said, you know, we yes, there is an important role to be, play on the outside, banging down the door, on bended knee, trying to change the systems. But we also have to be inside the room where the decisions are being made. Mm-hmm. And I ran for district attorney because I wanted to be the one who was making decisions about what we were going to do with criminal justice policy. And in fact, I wrote a book back in 2008 based on my belief about what we need to do to reform the criminal justice system. And, mm-hmm. and here's how I think about it. Criminal justice policy, we have been offered a false choice. The choice suggesting that you're either soft on crime or you're tough on crime mm-hmm. instead of asking, are we smart on crime? Mm. Right. Mm-hmm. And by that, I mean, recognizing that, you know, the public health model tells us if you want to deal with a health epidemic, smartest, most effective and cheapest way to deal with it is prevention first. Mm. If you're dealing with it in the emergency room or the prison system, it's too late and it's too expensive. So let's be smart on crime. And that means let's be smart in knowing that if we really want to have public safety, let's prevent crime from happening in the first place, which means focusing on communities that we know need more economic support, need more pathways to economic health and success, doing what we need to do to recognize that there's a direct connection between public education and public safety. So let's prioritize public education and, and instead of just being only concerned about public safety because there's a real connection and it's actually cheaper to focus on educating young people than it is on incarcerating mm-hmm. whole communities of people. Yeah, that's, that's one of the first things I saw you do that I was extremely impressed with. It was the, uh, the Back on Track program. Yeah, that's right. What, what, what's that all about? So Back on Track is a program that I started years ago I focused on the 18 through 24-year-old young, you know, drug sales offender. Mm -hmm. And the reason I focused on that population is because there are just a lot of them. And I also focused on that population because whether we were at Hampton or Howard, Mm -hmm. when we were in college, we were 18 through 24, and we were called college kids. Right. Mm. But when you turn 18 and you're in the system, you're considered an adult. adult. Right. Period. Mm -hmm. Regardless of the fact that we know... If that's the very phase of life in which we have invested billions of dollars in this world in these places called colleges and universities, knowing that that's the prime phase of life where you can mold somebody to be a productive and an and a, and a, and accomplished adult. And so I focused on that population, also understanding that when they pick up that first offense, they will be designated a felon for life. Mm. And so what we did is essentially I created a program focused on them and basically getting them job counseling. A lot of the young men are fathers, getting them support for what they naturally want to do, which is parent their children, but may not have the skills or the resources. We focused on what to do around housing and and just wraparound. And we ended up, as a result of doing that, and then when they would graduate the program, dismiss their charges. But what we also ended up doing is reducing their likelihood of reoffending by a huge percentage. And that was a model of what ended up later by the Justice Department being designated as a model of, of innovation in law enforcement in the country. Well, what do we do with, with so many, with drugs being legalized, I should say marijuana being legalized in so yeah. many different states, and a lot of these kids, like you said, are in jail for that same legalized crime now. We need to decriminalize marijuana. Mm-hmm. We have a problem with mass incarceration in our country. And let's be clear, the war on drugs was a failed 
mm-hmm. war. It, it was misdirected. In essence, and you know, we're now now more people are understanding when we talk about the opioid epidemic mm-hmm. that when you're talking about substance abuse, that's a public health matter. That should not be thought of as a criminal justice matter. And and so what we need to do is recognize that we have to get people into treatment where that is appropriate. But as it relates to incarcerating people for marijuana, I think it it it, it is long overdue that we recognize we need to change the system. Absolutely. All right. I want to go back to your Oakland days for a minute because you said Uh the Black Panthers had an influence on you. And it's this whole conversation we've been having about how do we improve relations between police and the communities. And Black Panthers were an organization that actually policed the police. Do you think that an an organization like that could exist now in 2018? I think that one of the greatest advances in the fight for civil rights has been the smartphone. Oh, Mm -hmm. Okay. People would come up to me, Kamala, what all of a sudden is going on with all these cases of, of police misconduct? What's going on? Mm-hmm. And I'd look at people and I'd say, you know, you sound like a colonist. You know, colonist. <laughs> Are you calling him a colonizer no, or a colonist? No, a colonist. <laughs> right, 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 right. Fair enough. <laughs> but the point being, you know, what colonists do, they go to a place that's been existing that way for thousands of years and because they're seeing it for the first time, they think they've discovered that's it. Right. right? Mm-hmm. So... The great thing about the smartphone has been that now it is undeniable when it happens. There is evidence, sometimes playing for us in real time, as we know. It is audio, it is visual, and it is highlighting a need to reform the criminal justice system about around recognizing that we need to do a better job of training police officers around mm-hmm. bias, around use of force, mm-hmm. around the necessity to de-escalate a situation instead of using force as the first option, um, as though it is the only option. And more people are now involved in this discussion than ever before because it is not just us who is experiencing it. Now everyone is experiencing it, at least as in terms of seeing it happen. And I think this is the this is part of what has, has led to the reforms that are starting to take place, but there's still a lot more to do. On the Panthers, remember, one of the biggest uh, contributions that the Panthers made was their breakfast program. Absolutely. They were feeding the community mm-hmm. um, and protecting the community mm-hmm. in that way. All right, we have more with Senator Kamala Harris. When we come back, don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Now we are The Breakfast Club. We have Kamala Harris in the building. Now let's talk about these schools and these shootings. I mean, it's scary. Well, first of all, you know, we have many, many communities where our six and seven-year-olds are going to sleep at night hearing gunfire. Absolutely. They are experiencing they, such trauma that is undiagnosed and untreated. Mm-hmm. Babies of our community who have regularly attended funerals of somebody who was killed as a result of gun violence, having family members. It may have even happened in front of them. Mm-hmm. So we have enough trauma in our community that we need to deal with without expecting that our second grader is going to now go to school and look up in the front of the class at their teacher and she's strapping a gun. Or, mm-hmm. That doesn't make any sense. When we're talking about school safety, there are things that we need to address that include thinking about why is this an issue. And part of it is that we have not passed meaningful, smart gun safety laws in this country. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about how the NRA has grabbed people by the, their the ball, from the parts of their the body. The testicles. There's a medical way to say it. It's a medical term. Testicles. Testicles. And has caused people to have a lack of courage to address the fact. Again, another false choice. I'm in favor of the Second Amendment, and mm-hmm. I also want... I want smart gun safety laws. Absolutely. Assault weapons shouldn't be walking the streets of a civilized country. I agree. Mm-hmm. We should have universal background checks. It makes sense. It's just practical that you might want to know before someone can buy a gun that they've been found by a court to be mentally unstable. Mm-hmm. You just might want to know that. That's smart. Absolutely. The missing ingredient to get something done is for Congress to have the courage to act. Mm-hmm. Bottom line. And that's where I would say, okay, so then what can we as people who want to encourage Congress to act do? What can we do? Let's focus on the 2018 elections. Mm. Let's focus on electing people who will have the courage Mm -hmm. and getting rid of people who don't. 
Well, you know, even with that said, you know, uh, when when we everybody saw the police shootings happening, Barack Obama was in office. Mm-hmm. Why didn't he have the courage to act to implement something to where police yeah. weren't so gun ho? Well, I think that he, it's one of his big regrets that he was not able to get um, smart gun safety laws passed. In terms of the reforms, listen, Eric Holder, who was appointed by Barack Obama to be the U.S. Attorney General, mm-hmm. and, he, and, and the United States Department of Justice under Barack Obama did some really good work. They started opening pattern and practice investigations, investigating various police departments around the country who had a pattern and practice of racial discrimination and excessive force. And you know what's going on now? Under this guy? Jeff Sessions. You've been on his ass, by the way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And under him, they're closing those pattern and practice investigations. Under the previous administration, there were consent decrees mm-hmm. where there had been a finding of misconduct. The court kicked in and said, you have to act a certain way, and we're going to watch that. They're shutting down all of those. Mm-hmm. They're reviving the war on drugs. They're reviving mandatory minimum sentences. And, you know, again, that's why we have got to be vigilant at this moment in time because we are looking at at an administration that is rolling back the clock in a profound, profound way. Why is Jeff Sessions doing that, though? Like, is it it really just uh, Donald Trump trying to erase everything Barack Obama did? Or is that what they really, really want? Like, they want to take, take us backwards, so to speak. Listen, I think this has been on Jeff Sessions' agenda for a very long time. Don't forget, Coretta Scott King spoke out against Jeff Sessions Mm -hmm. when he was up years and years and years ago Mm -hmm. for an appointment. This is part of who he is. This is his history. This is his mission. He is silently and maybe not so silently carrying it out right before us. Why aren't you afraid to to speak out against him? I do speak out. No, that's not me. I wore there on time. Why aren't you afraid? Because we have to speak truth. Gotcha. Charlamagne, we have to speak truth. You know what? This is a moment in time that's actually requiring all of us to check ourselves about whether we're going to have the courage Mm -hmm. to to speak and to speak truth, no matter how uncomfortable it makes some people feel, no matter how much it may visit upon us criticism or expose us to attacks. Um, we've got to speak truth. We've got to speak truth about what is happening with this administration. Also, because as leaders, the people know, they know, they know in their hearts, they know intuitively, instinctively that things are wrong. And we need to put the label on it when we see what is actually happening from the inside. And so that's part of why I do it. Because I believe that people have a right to know mm-hmm. what their government is doing for them and to them. And, you know, come what may in terms of any response how do we get our country back in order though it just seems like ever since trump came in office it just seems like it's just been a a outspread of racism going on and it it seems like it's hurting our kids more than anything else out there so i travel around the country um and i will tell you that i'm not buying the suggestion that we are divided as a country Mm -hmm. and here's why i say that you know, when you wake up in the middle of the night with that thought that's been weighing on you, maybe, it's, you know, some people call it the witching hour, three o'clock in the morning, when you mm-hmm. wake up in a cold sweat with that thing that's been worrying you, it is never through the lens of the party with which you're registered to vote or, you know, the demographic upholster put you in. And for the vast majority of us, that thought has to do with one of just a very few things, our personal health, the health of our children or our parents. Can I get a job, keep a job, pay the bills by the end of the month? For so many of our students, can I pay off their student, can they pay off their student loans? Mm-hmm. The vast majority of us have so much more in common than what separates us. And we've got to hold on to that in this fight right now. And then look to 2018, frankly, and the elections that are coming up in almost 200 days mm-hmm. as an opportunity to act. What I love about this moment with this administration in power mm-hmm is people are acting. Look back to the Women's March. Yes. Look into the March for Our Lives. Absolutely. The March for Science. Because also this administration is putting forward policies that basically say science should not be the basis of public policy, which is ridiculous. Um, But people are taken to the streets Mm -hmm. in a way they never have. And in that way, our democracy is working. Now we just got to take to the streets and then walk those streets to the polling place and vote. 
Because they used to say we couldn't vote. Legally, we weren't allowed to vote. Mm -hmm. Now they say we won't. We need to get out and vote. Because voting, us voting is connected to every one of the other issues. Us voting is connected to who's going to be in office and how they think about criminal justice policy. Who's going to be office and pay attention to something like the, the, the rate of black babies and infant mortality. Mm. Who's going to pay attention to the fact that young black men are, are, are still at the bottom of the economic ladder in terms of opportunity, much less success in economic health. Who's in office is going to make a difference. All right, we have more with Senator Kamala Harris. When we come back, don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We have Senator Kamala Harris still in the building. Charlemagne? And I know, you, of course, you just mentioned Me Too and Time's Up. You're a big supporter today. Yeah. But you're also a Too Short fan. Yes, I am Too Short from <laughs> Oakland. Yes, I am. How, how does that work? Let me tell you. What's, my favorite, what's my favorite word, <laughs> Senator Harris? Huh? Huh? What's my favorite word, Senator Harris? I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. Too Short straight from Oakland. <laughs> but you can, you, can, you, can, you can like both, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. I love music. Now, they call you the the, the female Barack Obama. That's what I've seen when I Google I like your name. That, by the way. Now now are you are you considering and do or do you see yourself possibly running for president? Is that in your right now I'm just focused on what's in front of me. You know, I've seen too many people focus on that thing out there and they trip over the thing right in front of them. True. So what's in front of you? Twenty eighteen? Twenty eighteen. Okay. I'm I was just in Detroit last weekend campaigning and talking to folks about the need to get out and vote. Um, I'll be all over this, all over many states. I'm going to be in Chicago. I'm going to be in Wisconsin. I'll be in Florida. Probably go to Philly. We really have to turn out. Look what happened in Alabama. Everybody should really see and remember what happened just in a recent election, mm-hmm. where Doug Jones, a white Democrat, the math is that a white Democrat won in the South because of black women. So our vote really matters when we get out. It was over 90% of black men too. We, we came out. Just yeah, and that's right. And that's right. <laughs> that's true. That's exactly right. That's you, exactly right. You was on the debate team in college. I was. How did, I was. How did that help you in your line of work? First of all, it taught you how to, um, to come back from an argument. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it teaches you how to stand in front of a, a room of people and express your point and then, and then when the, your point is being attacked to come back and respond. Um, it teaches you how to think quickly, and it gives you confidence in the fact that you can stand in front of a, a room of people and state a position and defend it. Um, because sometimes, for so many of us, we're the only one who is like us in a room. Mm-hmm. And when you're the only one like you in a room, there is a natural tendency to want to just kind of blend in. But what you learn during debate or what you learn at an HBCU or if you have the blessing of having a family or a a community that teaches you, um, you, you learn instead that when you're in that room, you got to speak up. And you've got to acquire the skills to know how to do that and to have the confidence to do it. You know, I mentor a lot of people, and I always tell them, your entire life you will have many experiences where you're the only one like you in that room, only one looks like you, only one who's had the experiences you've had. And when you sit in that room, you have to remember we are all in that room with you. Yeah, what's the and Maya so, Angelou quote? Uh, I'm not alone because I, I stand with 10, I'm, yeah, I got 10,000 right. 10, with me. 000, yeah, right. yeah. It's funny because I put my kids in debate class because of that, to be able to use their words to fight back and not have to use their hands and That's still right. hurt just the same. And you got to objectively see both sides, right? And, mm-hmm. and, and also, and to your point, also, the, the great thing about learning debate is that you learn there are rules of debate. Right. You know, because also to your point, when you argue, some people would suggest that's pure emotion and that if you're getting in an argument with somebody, you're just emotional and unreasonable. Mm -hmm. What debate teaches you is, no, it's actually quite civilized to stand up and disagree with someone. And there are rules about how you do it Mm -hmm. because that is what is done among thinking people. You do debate. I mean, you can go back to history in different forms of debate. The dozens. Yes, That absolutely. was debate. 100%. That was debate. Yes, until you didn't like what they said and you just right. fought. and you just keep <laughs> <laughs> you started fighting. Right? Yeah. But, but that's, that was debate. 
Gotcha. I have a question. You know, you, you mentioned, of course, we went to HBCUs. How important is the HBCU? Because we got away from it a couple of years ago. Yeah. And, I, and I'm looking at a lot of the colleges and attendance and enrollment is low. So how important yeah. is HBCU to you and, and especially black families? Let me tell you, I am who I am today mm-hmm. for two reasons. Because of my mother and the family I was raised in and Howard University and HBCU. What you and I know mm-hmm. When we walked onto that campus for the first time, we were surrounded by people that look like us. Mm-hmm. All, everywhere, everybody. Um, you walk onto, and I'll just speak about Howard, but I know Hampton is the same. Mm-hmm. You walk onto that campus, you can look over one area and you will see a bunch of young African-Americans who are students who are in the business school walking around with briefcases. Mm-hmm. You look over at another area and they're walking around in leotards because they're in the, the, the School of Fine Arts. The, the football captain and star and the homecoming queen and the debate team and there are sororities and fraternities. And what you learn at an HBCU is you do not have to fit into somebody's limited perspective on what it means to be young, gifted, and black. Mm. You can be all those things. When I was at Howard, I pledged a sorority. I was on the debate team. I was the chair of the economic society. Mm-hmm. And I went to my share parties, too. <laughs> mm-hmm. And you didn't have to choose. You could be fully actualized. And there was such beauty to that because this country still has such a limited view of what it means for a person to be young and smart and black. And so at those years when you're learning your identity, to be in that environment where basically everybody just says to you, you can be whatever you want to be. And by the way... And if you don't, it's because you need to work harder, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? Because that's the other thing that Absolutely. happens. You can't walk away and say, oh, it's because of my skin color that I didn't get that. Nope. Right. Nope. That's not it. So it's a wonderful um, it's a wonderful place to learn who you are and to be proud of who you are and to leave them with the confidence of walking into the world. Also knowing one other thing. You know, people from time to time will come up to you and they'll say, oh, you're special. You're unique. And I tell people, don't let, don't let anybody tell you that. Because there is, there is something about being told that that also suggests you're the only one like you. Mm. Which means you're alone. And what an HBCU reminds us of, no, we come with people. Mm. We got people. There are a lot of us. We're not alone. I saw you talking about uh, corporate donations. Yeah. And, and you said you, you, you depended, depends whether you would take them or not. I think that money has had such an outside influence on politics Mm. and especially with the Supreme Court determining Citizens United which basically means that big corporations can spend unlimited amounts of money influencing a campaign right we're all supposed to have an equal vote but money has now really tipped the balance between an individual having equal power in an election to a corporation so I've actually made a decision since I had that conversation that I'm not going to accept corporate pack checks. Wow. Um, I just, I'm not. So how are you going to raise money for campaigns and stuff? Well, you know, I've, I've raised so far this year $3 million for my colleagues mm-hmm. for the 2018 election cycle. And most of that money has been like an $18, $20 increments. People are turning out. Well, what's well, the website? Yeah, well, give yeah, me Go to KamalaHarris.org and you will find it. K A M A L A Harris H A W R I S. If you decide to run for president in 2020, we'll do a fundraiser for you right here on the radio. No, we definitely will. We did one last year for uh, Harry Belafonte's organization, Change oh, for Change. Good. We raised good. like 800, 800, 800 grand. grand. Wow. So we, we we can get you a million or two. Okay. <laughs> if you decide, to, if you decide, to run. has that ever been a dream of yours? Have you ever thought about it? I had so many dreams. I had so many dreams. Good answer. I do though. I really do. <laughs> I do see the beauty of. You know, everything that you raised in terms mm-hmm. of the the reaction and the other side of, of the tragedy of what's happening. And that gives me a great sense of, of optimism about our future. And in the history of our people, we march, Absolutely. we shout, we sing, we dance. Right? Mm-hmm. Look at who just got the Pulitzer Prize. Mr. Kendrick Lamar. All Kendrick right. Lamar. You had him on your playlist, too. You yes, had Humble yes, on Yes, of course. <laughs> uh-huh. But look at that. Look at Beyonce and what she did at Coachella. Mm-hmm. Right? It has always been as part of our history that our artists, everybody is part of the movement. Everyone understands that it's about the expression of feeling. And, and we can do that 
with joy and with with conviction and with purpose. Great. I think God is setting us up for a woman of color president in 2020. <laughs> I'm with it. I think that it's Senator Kamala Harris. I think she's our future president. I'm with it. And uh, I hope she, I hope God puts his hands on her and mm. says, you know what? I want you to do this. All right. That's I, hope I hope so as well. God's plan. Put that on your playlist too, Budrick. All, All right. right. <laughs> well, we thank you for joining us. Thank you, guys. It's an honor to be with you. Thank uh, you for coming. All right. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Let's get in some. Uh, let's get in the rumor report. Let's go. It's mm. She's spilling the tea. This is the rumor report with Angela Yee oh. on the Breakfast Club. Look, Yee is out, and I'm tired of doing these damn rumors. All right, but now let's talk about Kanye West. Now Kanye put a whole bunch of tweets up. In the last couple of days, of course, you know, Pusha T's album is coming out May 25th. That's a fact. All right. I heard some of it. Then you have uh, Tiana Taylor that's coming out after in the next month, June 22nd. I heard some of that, too. You have Kanye and Cuddy album, June 8th. I ain't hear none of that. Kanye West album coming out June 1st. I heard some of that. And then he announced Nas's album. Is June fifteenth. He said he hand uh, he's hand producing all the albums, and Nas is the next one, June fifteenth. Did you hear any of that? No, I was supposed to, but uh, Nas had took the file or whatever you call it. What do y'all call it when y'all in the studio? Pro Tools files, I, whatever, whatever it was. Nas had it. The session. Yes, the session. There you go. I'm I'm curious to hear about that. We want to hear Nas and, and Kanye. Yeah, that's 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 been Nas's. Uh, they, they've always said Nas's problem Horrible is production. But That's what they always say. I, don't, I never really thought that, though. I, I don't think so either. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking about the, his biggest record, Hate Me Now. You know, the first album was all amazing. I, I, I don't know. Yeah, but yeah. Now, yeah. Why, why wouldn't I be here for a Nas album produced by Kanye West? I think that'd be dope. Kanye said that he was uh, doing those beats live from the sunken place. Really? That's what he said on uh, Twitter yesterday. I'm excited about that. Also, Wiz Khalifa announced that his album is coming out. Uh, he put a date on July 13th. It's called Rolling Papers 2. There's a lot of music that's coming out in the next two and a half months. You add Drake to that. You add Wiz. That's a lot of music. Oh, that's so, why I just don't listen to everything. You ain't going to make me listen to everything. I'm going to listen to what I want to listen to. You're going to listen to all that. You're going to listen to all the Kanye stuff that he produced because you're yes. going to want to hear that. You're going to you want to listen to Wiz Khalifa. You're going to listen to Drake. Well, Maybe. <laughs> Can't sit here and guarantee that I'll listen to Wiz and Drake, but I like I like Wiz. I like Drake sometimes. Okay. Now, last week, uh, a 19 year old woman said that uh, R. Kelly was grooming his girls uh, with a sex oh, cult God. and uh, oh, allegedly was giving them STDs. Oh God. Well, it seems like because of this, I'll say allegedly that R. Kelly's publicist, his assistant. And his lawyer have severed all ties with the singer. Y'all like 20 years too late, B. Like, y'all should have y'all should have uh, severed ties with him when the tape came out back in the day. But I've been trying to figure out, with all that being said, how is he still touring? How is he still selling music? Like, people are still supporting him. Somebody's supporting you're him. You're not looking at me asking me that question, right? Okay, who am I looking at? Like, 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 are you serious? Like, I've been up on this radio station saying this for the for the past eight years. Okay, I do not know why people still support R. Kelly. R. Kelly is made of the same stuff that Donald Trump is made of. Okay, he's Teflon. For whatever reason, people still support R. Kelly and act like his allegations uh, are not real. You act like y'all didn't see the goddamn tape and loved it and loved to bring up the fact that he was not guilty in court. Like there wasn't a whole tape out there with him coming peeing and coming on a, a young girl. Now oh, everybody jumped just now. I can't I say that. I don't think you can say that. Oh, I wasn't allowed to say that. No, I didn't know. Wasn't allowed to say that. <laughs> now also, um, didn't he reach out to you? Wanted to have a conversation with you and, and have a, a powwow with you? Yeah, you can kiss my ass though. That's not happening. Okay. Never. Yeah. We ain't got nothing to talk about. That was my that was my reply back to him his people. We ain't got nothing to talk about. Right. Never. Not on the record. Not off the record. Nothing. You know what I mean? The only the only conversation I would entertain with R. Kelly would be a public conversation. Uh, on the radio mm -hmm. with him confessing to all his sins. That's it. All right. Nothing more, nothing less. Other than that, we ain't got nothing to rap about. All right. Well, that is your rumor report. All right. Mm -hmm. Now, ye will be back tomorrow. And Charlemagne. Yes, sir. Who are you giving that donkey to? Uh, donkey of the day is going to Kim Zoliak. We'd like her to come to the front of the conversation. We'd like to have a word with her. Okay. All right. We'll do Kim when we come back. Don't move. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how.
for the donkey of the day. That's pretty fun. Charlemagne the devil. <laughs> the Breakfast Club. Yes, donkey today for Monday, April 23rd goes to Real Housewives of Atlanta star Kim Zolziak. That's how you pronounce her name? Yes. Kim Zoliak, Zolziak? Zolziak. You watch the show, I don't. Zolziak. Uh, now I'm all for freedom of speech, freedom of expression, freedom of thought. Everybody has the right to say what they want. Uh, everybody has the right to express themselves how they want. Everybody has the right to think what they want. Uh, I stumbled upon a play called Inherit the Win. It was published in 1955, and one of the themes of the play is that during this period, people stopped expressing their thoughts, beliefs, or ideas because they were afraid they would lose their livelihood or worse. You know, uh, I don't want to live in a time period like that. I don't want people to be afraid to express themselves, to speak their minds, to think freely. I believe in the words of Evelyn Beatrice Hall, I may not agree with what you have to say, but I'll defend to the deaf your right to say it. Well, maybe not the deaf, but I defend your right to say it. Now, with that said, you can have freedom of thought, freedom of expression, freedom of speech, but remember, it works both ways. So you can say what you want, but if it's stupid, I have the freedom to give you the credit you deserve for being stupid, and if what you have said is not the truth, I have the freedom to call you a devil damn liar. And that brings us to Kim Zolziak. Now, I don't watch Real Housewives of Atlanta. I have better things to do with my time, like absolutely nothing. Uh, which, by the way, is my favorite pastime. But apparently Kim Zolziak has some thoughts about racism in America. Uh, or should I say the perceived racism in America? Let's hear it. This whole racism thing in this day and age is bullshit. Like, every one of those motherfuckers on that couch owe this world a f***ing apology for this racism. They already tried to claim that shit long ago, Sheree, as you know. Nobody really bought into it because the social media wasn't there and racism wasn't all that real. What? I, I, I got to read what she said because it's hard to understand mayonnaise when it's mad and mumbling. Let me see. She said, uh, this whole racism thing in this day and age is BS. Uh, like to every one of those mother effers on that couch owes this world an apology for this racism stuff. If social media wasn't there, racism wasn't all that real. Let, so let me hear it again now that I read it. This whole racism thing in this day and age is bullshit. Like, every one of those motherfuckers on that couch owes this world a f***ing apology for this racism They already tried to claim that shit long ago, Sheree, as you know. Nobody really bought into it because the social media wasn't there and racism wasn't all that real. Let's unpack this. Uh, Kim says the whole racism thing in this day and age is BS. I agree. Uh, racism is BS. And it's been BS in every day and age. Uh, racism has never not been BS in any era, okay? <laughs> racism is played out. It's a dated concept, and I can't believe in 2018 people are still racist, but that's not what Kim is talking about, okay? That's not what Kim is talking about at all. Uh, it, it, what else did she say? Like, to every one of those mother effers on that couch owes this world an apology for this racism stuff. Kim, I don't even know what you're trying to say, okay? Why do a group of black women have to apologize for racism in America? Kim, your ancestors were the oppressors, okay? Your people should be apologizing for racism, all right? That right there is the epitome of white privilege. The fact that you, a white woman, would ask a group of black women to apologize for racism in America. And then to say if social media wasn't there, racism wasn't all that real. That's terribly worded, by the way. If social media wasn't there, racism wasn't all that real. You know how I always tell white people to use their privilege to combat prejudice. This is the exact opposite of that, okay? This is a prime example of a white person using their privilege to act like problems that affect minorities don't exist, all right? It's not that if social media wasn't there, racism wasn't all that real. If social media wasn't there, then all these racist acts wouldn't be caught on camera, and it would make it easier for white people like you to ignore them. But here's the reason I don't worry about expressing people that express themselves like this are. This is the reason I don't worry about speech like this or the reason I don't worry about thoughts like this. See, the truth is, we all know racism is real. That's not even a debate. Like, I'm not about to argue with someone on whether uh, on whether or not racism is, racism is real, okay? Same way I don't argue with people about Chick-fil-A being delicious, all right? In fact, I would entertain a debate about Chick-fil-A being delicious before I engage in a debate about racism being real because the taste of Chick-fil-A is all a matter of opinion. Do you think Chick-fil-A is delicious, Envy? I sure do. Okay, well, we don't have to uh, argue. Do you think racism, racism is real? Yes. I don't care if you thought it wasn't, okay, <laughs> because it is real. All right, racism being real is a fact. It's the truth. Always has been and always will be. And when it comes to the truth, always remember that the truth is still truth even if you don't believe it. And racism is still racism, even if you don't believe it exists. Please give Kim Zolziak the biggest hee-haw. Uh -huh. uh -huh. mm -hmm. But I, but we, should, we should humor her. Humor her how? Because I, I feel like some people feel like that. What do you mean? In 2018. I think some people Explain. feel like that racism, racism doesn't exist. You want to you ask 
You want to humor? Just, just humor. Let's humor Kim Zolciak. Okay, on a Monday. And, and people that may think like her. I'm not. And by the way, whatever you call up here and express express your freedom of thought. You know, we're all about free speech, freedom of expression, freedom of thought. Whatever you feel, I'm not even going to dispute you. Okay. Good or bad, whether I agree with you or disagree, I'm not going to say a word. 800-585-1051. Do you feel that racism doesn't exist? Is that what we're asking right now? Yes. Do you feel like Kim Zoliak? Do you feel like racism doesn't exist anymore in this day and age? Okay. All right. You want to play this game? All right. 800-585-1051. Do you feel like Kim Zoliak? All right. Call us up right now. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlamagne the God. We are the Breakfast Club. Now, if you just joined us, Charlamagne gave Kim Zoliak donkey of the day for what? Because uh, Kim Zoliak was on uh, Real Housewives of Atlanta, and she said this. This whole racism thing in this day and age is bullshit. Like, for every one of those motherfuckers on that couch, oh, this world of apology for this racism. They already tried to claim that long ago, Sheree, as you know. Nobody really bought into it because the social media wasn't there and racism wasn't all that real. Now, if you, if you didn't understand what she said, she said uh, this whole racism thing in this day and age is BS. Like, to every one of those mother effers on that couch owes this world an apology for this racism stuff. If social media wasn't there, racism wasn't all that real. The reason I read that back to y'all is because I understand that it's hard to understand mayonnaise when it's mad and mumbling, so you probably couldn't really understand her. But I'm not about to debate with nobody on whether or not racism, racism is real, but we are humoring people this right. morning. Hello. Well, we got to tell them what we're oh, doing. Well, we're taking their calls and we want to speak to the people. Yeah, but we want to see if racism is... We're asking people if is racism real. We're just humoring them. What's your name, Mama? Um... Jan. Okay, you don't want to give your real name. All right, Jan. No, because I feel like y'all are about to go all in on me. Cause no, I no, I told no, y'all we're not going to say no, nothing. If no. you, whatever you, we're all about freedom of thought, freedom of expression, freedom of speech. Whatever you say, whether we agree or disagree, we're not going to say nothing. Are, go. You bl- are you black or white first, mama? I'm a white woman. All right, so let's go. Damn, you sound black. Well, your voice is transracial. Go ahead. Now, okay. Does racism exist? Well, you know, I love everyone. I love everyone. So, and I know that's something a racist person would probably say, right? But go ahead. So, <laughs> but, so what's your comment, Mama? Let me say this. Um, I really enjoy your show. I like the music. But sometimes in the morning, I really get irritated because I feel like every day we're talking about racism. And I understand that it is a problem. I do see and I have witnessed things where a black male has been treated differently against a white male. But at the same time, and everyone says there's no, no such thing as reverse racism, I don't agree with that. Because as a white woman, I have been treated differently by a black race because what my ancestors have done. I don't agree with what they did by any means. If I could go back and change history, I would. I don't like it. And I'm, I feel bad that people have to go through things because of what someone my skin color did. But at the same time, I don't feel like people of this day and age that treat people, everyone equal, should be mistreated. And that's the problem. We, we judge books by its cover. Like your guys' comment about calling white people mayo. Oh, I don't really know what that, what you, how you're <laughs> meaning that, so I can't be a one to judge. I'm going to tell you something. Your mood is mayonnaise right now, Ma. I'm going to be honest with you. I love you, but your mood is mayonnaise right now. I admit, mayonnaise don't taste what too good. What does that mean? Do you, you like mayonnaise? Do you, you like ma- Do you really like mayonnaise? Be honest. No. I exactly. It's it. disgusting. That's what I mean, okay? It's <laughs> nasty. All right? Anything else? Um, you're set, so mayonnaise is nasty. Yes. Okay. So Especially when it's warm. So you're as nasty. No. So when yes, the other day you said Taylor Swift was nasty. Attitude. She's a sweet girl. Attitude. She's a sweet Taylor Swift. I've never seen Atti- her have an attitude. Attitude. And, her, and the way she was singing that song, disgusting, nasty, like mayonnaise. That was a bad cover. It was. All right, then. So why are you mad at me? But that's a racist comment. No, it's not. Are you calling? That's. That's profiling someone because they're white. They're mayonnaise. Mayonnaise isn't white. It's like a, it's like a off yellow. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Thank- okay. Well, everyone has their opinions. Y'all have a great day. Thank you, baby. Have a good day. You have a good one, Mom. I'm sorry for my calls. <laughs> <laughs> this guy. 800-585-1051. Charlamagne gave Kim Zolciak donkey of the day. And listen, I want everybody out there that, that, that is really offended by the term mayonnaise. I need y'all to know that mayonnaise isn't real. What? Mayonnaise isn't real. It's a social construct. <laughs> you never had mayonnaise on a sandwich before? You mayonnaise know- doesn't exist. I'm not messing okay. with you. I'm, 
If social media wasn't there, mayonnaise wouldn't be real. Kim Zosiak said racism isn't real. It really doesn't exist. She said something to that effect. Do you agree with her? Call us now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Now, if you just joined us, Charlemagne gave Kim, Kim Zosiak, Zosiak donkey of the day. Now, why'd you give him don- why don't you give a donkey today? Uh, For these comments that she made right here. This whole racism thing in this day and age is bullshit. Like, every one of those motherfuckers on that couch owe this world a f***ing apology for this racism They already tried to claim that long ago, Sheree, as you know. Nobody really bought into it because the social media wasn't there and racism wasn't all that real. Now, I know it's hard to understand mayonnaise when it's mumbling, when it's mad and mumbling, but uh, she said this whole racism thing in this day and age is BS. Like, to every one of those mother effers on that couch owe this world an apology for this racism stuff. Uh, if social media wasn't there, racism wasn't all that real. All right, well, let's go to the phone lines. Hello, who's this? Hey, this is Nicole. Nicole, we're talking about Kim Zolziak. Do you do you agree with what she said? It's crazy because I kind of feel like she was talking about them apologizing to her for, like, you know, they gang up on her. Just coming from where I live, I lived in Brooklyn, and I went to um, an all-black high school. What but school? Before that, I went, to, I went to Lafayette. Okay. And I was bullied for being white. And I'm actually half Puerto Rican and, and Spanish so and you, half Italian. So do you and think all ra- of my friends? I'm sorry. Do you think racism is real or not? I think it's very real, okay. but I think it's real on both ends. No, no. And I think no. that if everyone just puts the color card behind us and moves forward, all of this will stop and stop seeing a color on a person's skin. Wait, that's what we're trying to get white people to understand. I mean, <laughs> like, listen, not every to- white person feels that way. Not every white person is a racist. I grew I, I all of my friends growing up were black. You're right. Play the song, oh, goddammit. I can't. Don't be I, okay, Mama. Well, thank I you agree for with call. you. I agree with it. Not all every, every white person. We is racist. know that, but like I hate when white people call up and try to tell black people like, if y'all stop being racist, then we'll stop being racist. Y'all started this. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Hey, do you believe? Good uh, morning. Is this DJ Envy? Yes, Mama. Good morning. Good morning. I was just calling to give the comment about Kim crazy stuff. What you think about Kim? Will you agree with Kim? I don't agree with Kim. Um, and it's hard to tell with people like her because she's around black people all the time. So it's like, I don't know if she is a little racist or she just informed about, you know, how really black people act. I, or I don't care if know. she's racist or not, but don't be running around saying that, you know, if it was if social media wasn't there, racism w- exactly. wasn't all that real. I don't even make no was, goddamn sense. That was BS. You're right. You're right. And Charlemagne. I cannot believe that I agree with you. <laughs> but you're right. <laughs> hey, yep. Mama. What is the world coming to when people start agreeing with me? I know. Hello, who's this? This is Erica. Hey, do you agree with Kim Zolziak? Is racism real no. or not? No. I don't agree with her, but I called to say I've been watching Housewives for years, and everybody who watches should know Kim's mentality is not even where most of ours is. So for us to argue with her is like we're giving her that opportunity to make us sweat, and we shouldn't because... She's mentally not even on our level to understand the whole argument about racism. Mm. All right. Thank you, Mama. What's the moral of the story? The moral of the story is uh, truth is still truth, even if you don't believe it. And racism is still racism, even if you don't believe it exists. Knock it off. Like, come on. Like, like stop it, And stop using the term mayonnaise. I am not going to stop. I am not going to stop using the term mayonnaise. I don't know why the term mayonnaise pisses white people off, but I think mayonnaise is disgusting. I think it's nasty. And when I use it, I'm using it to describe uh, people with nasty attitudes. What what about if white people call you fried chicken? They can't call me. I don't care. I don't don't eat fried chicken. You see this skin? (laughs) You don't get skin like this eating fried chicken, goddammit. All right, that's number one. I used to eat fried chicken. Okay, but that has nothing to do with nothing. I'm calling somebody with a nasty attitude, mayonnaise. Okay. All right, Taylor Swift sings a song and it sounds nasty and horrible, mayonnaise. Oh all right, if I don't like a record, if I think a record is whack and it's, it's a disgusting record and it happens to be by Post Malone, I'm gonna say it's mayonnaise music. You know what? You know what? You know what? Okay. We got rumors on the way. We'll tell you about Colin Kaepernick. He just won one of the highest honors. Drop one of clues bombs for Colin Kaepernick, my guy. And also six nine and Casanova. Over gunshots at the Barclays. We'll oh. tell you about it when we come back. Breakfast Club, come on. I have a confession to make. Oh boy. I went down to Starbucks. You did? And you I better g- not have a Starbucks. I'll no. knock it off the floor. I got some knock honey. I, I got some honey for my tea. I had some other green tea, some organic green tea that we have up here. And I went and got some honey. 
I didn't pay for it. You didn't pay for it. So they gave you free. I stole it. What What does that say on your mug? White tears? Excuse me? On your mug. Could you stop? Why do you make issues out of everything? It does. Why do you, why, you know what? Forget it. Let's get to the rumors. Let's talk Casanova and Takashi 69. Listen up. It's just in. All the gossip. Gossip. The rumor report. Gossip. With Angela Yee. It's the rumor report. The Breakfast Club. Well, let's break this down. Now, it was fight night over the weekend in Brooklyn. Adrian Broner was the headline in fight, and it was a draw. It was a tie. As it should have been. Nah. I, th- I think that was the right call. I don't know about that one. But I mean, I feel like Adrian Broner should have let his hands go more. He didn't. He didn't. But uh, Vargas I still think had the first six rounds. I think Adrian Broner, he didn't, he didn't swing as much as I thought he would. But when he did. He did. He, he had the 10th round, he almost put that boy up. Well, after the fight, Adrian Broner had to say this after the draw was given. I'll be, I, man, let me see the mic. Hey, I beat hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I beat your ass. Look at his face. It looked like I beat him with they beat my um, Martin Luther King with, man. You know what? I'm going to be honest. I'm an honest man. We went at it for 12 rounds. That's what we it was. We ain't That's gay. We can do it again. We can Go do it again. It's gay. We can do it again. I beat your ass. We can do it again. I beat your ass like you stole something. I beat your ass like you got suspended from school. I beat your ass like you stole my bike. We can go get tomorrow if you want. You bruised up. I'm ready to fight right now, fool. Come on, man. You need Your to face cut up. You need peroxide. You need peroxide and alcohol. You need to settle down. Your face on six nine right now. You a blood. First of all, uh, y'all sit there and act like Adrian Brown is not the most entertaining person he in is. boxing. You're, you're a damn fool. Okay, if he could really, really back it up in the ring, then he'd be the biggest thing in the sport. I just don't understand what going at it means gay, huh? I, I don't I'm know. I'm confused. His wife, he was being called Manny. Stop it. Now, let's uh, he, uh, Adrian Broner said this about the rematch. Would you like to fight Vargas again based on this draw? Hell yeah, but, but let's go to my town. You know, I, I want to fight him where I'm from. There's hella Mexicans and shit in here. Everybody keep booing me and shit. They want rice and chicken. I want some motherfuckers that want some conies around me. What's a coney? I have no idea. I've been trying to figure out. Was it Coney Island with hot dog? I was trying to figure out what a coney is for all weekend long. It's a bunch of Mexicans in Brooklyn? I guess it came out to the fight. I don't know. Mm. I don't know. All right, now, also behind the scenes, allegedly, Takashi and Casanova uh, ran into each other, and allegedly, uh, somebody fired a gunshot. Well, after this, Takashi had to say this when he was outside. Uh, stupid. Boy, it all wrong. Where you going? His whole squad hit the floor. Everybody getting shot. Boom, boom, boom. I don't, I don't know what's going on. I, I, hey, man. I'm... I don't know. This is Charlemagne the God talking. Mm-hmm. Uh, in case you're new to me or anything that I stand for, I want you to know that one of the basic principles of my life is I don't talk to niggas after 5 o'clock. Mm. Okay? Okay. Okay. Well, I don't know what happened. They found a slug. I, I, then they said somebody was arrested, and then they didn't find anybody. Did they find anybody? I don't know. All I know is... I'm over here drinking my green tea. I'm somebody's daddy. Okay. Okay, I'm a husband. All right, a businessman. I don't have time... For this N-word nonsense. Could you move on to something nice, please? Colin Kaepernick. He wins Amnesty International's highest honor. Congratulations to him. Drop one of Clues Bombs for Colin Kaepernick, my guy. And we have a speech after you won. How can you stand for the national anthem of a nation that preaches and propagates freedom and justice for all? That is so unjust to so many of the people living there. How can you willingly be blind to the truth of systemic racialized injustice? is the people's unbroken love for themselves that motivates me even when faced with dehumanizing norms of a system that can lead to the loss of one's life over simply being black. The good brother Colin Kaepernick is doing nothing but the work. Drop one of clues bombs for Colin Kaepernick. And I can't wait until he wins the Nobel Peace Prize. And congratulations to him. All right, and that is your rumor report. Angela Yee will be back tomorrow, and shout to Revolt. We'll see you guys tomorrow, right? Everybody else, the People's Choice Mix is up next. Let us know what you want to hear. 800-585-1051. Get your request in right now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning.